So those are the new Gundam Meisters. This is the first time you and I agree. About what? I know exactly what you're thinking. You know, I think they're just amazing. I sure don't like that girl, though. Oh? Do you have a thing for Setsuna or something? No, no, it's nothing like that. Mom and Dad never said anything about Gundams like these. My first question would be why do you have Gundams in your possession? I want to know why those machines aren't anywhere in Veda's databanks. I can't answer that. We too are bound by confidentiality. Ah, oh, too bad. Hmm. I'd like to know where you got your solar reactors, your GN drives from. I'm sorry, I can't answer that either. Once again, that's too bad. If that's the case, then why did you even bother coming here? We just wanted to pay our respects to a bunch of has-been meisters who totally got their asses handed to them by some antique mobile suits. Watch your mouth! Ah, I'm just kidding! Relax! <laughs> I'm suddenly feeling ill. Please excuse me. Send Veda a report on this later. Yes, I'll do that. Welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode episode Gundam Seed podcast that's given Gundam Double O a try. My name is Jeremy. I'm appearing to you from the past. I'm Tyler. This is still not a video podcast. My name is Zach. <laughs> Zach was a gape. <laughs> I, I was trying to figure out how exactly I'm supposed to follow that, so that ended up running through a whole bunch of expressions that people can't see. You can just no-sell it and my name is Zach. I yep. feel like you do that a lot. He used to. He now tries to come up with stuff, and honestly, I appreciate that, so. Speaking of nice red things, we have three <laughs> new Gundams that emit red particles. And they were very nice and saved our old Gundam friends. Tiario was mad about it. So was Lock-On, Lock-on, Lock-on was kind of. Lock-On wasn't grumpy that they saved him. Lock-On was grumpy that he didn't know about them. So grumpy that Alejandro Corner voted to accept these new Gundams in a clip episode. <laughs> no, see, that's what Lock-On was really grumpy about. He knew they were getting a clip episode. Ah. Uh. And now our Gundam Meister friends are going to meet their new Gundam Meister friends, and nothing bad could possibly happen. I've, but first, 80 years ago. Yes. Yeah, meanwhile, in the past. <laughs> we'll get to that. I don't feel like doing the spiel again. Four Gundam Meisters plus three Gundam Meisters equals seven. That's as many as the Exia has swords. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, that must be the truth. That's why they didn't That's why they didn't go with eight Gundams, because then it wouldn't make sense. But they could have just given Exia another sword. <laughs> It's running out of space for them. I built a model of one. You barely have room to strap all the swords on there. So yeah, we're going to watch episode 16, Assault of the Thrones. You can watch along on Crunchyroll or Hulu if you like. Zach is snickering for some reason. I don't understand. Did I say Crunchyroll weird? No, no, I'm sorry. It's called Assault of the Thrones. Yeah. And my immediate thought was Chipotle usually causes an assault on the throne. <laughs> <sighs> See, I was thinking about what a bad movie Attack of the Clones is. This is a better episode than Attack of the Clones. (laughs) See, that is why you don't always want to know what made me laugh, Tyler. Yeah, I'm trying to decide whether I regret that knowledge, and I don't think I regret that knowledge, but... Oh, so we start 80 years ago. They found a space fish, or a space whale. Yes. On Jupiter. 
where some people are cutting into a space thing. And they have space suits. Space. So there's, there's apparently like some kind of wrecked ship out in the middle of nowhere. As strong research lab vibes. As these people come in, they're like, no good. Everything with memory has already been removed. They must have destroyed it in advance. And the other guy's like, it took us six years to get here, so we can't go back empty-handed. I couldn't tell. Um, what was out the viewport? The, the planet, was that Jupiter out the viewport there? Yeah, we will see. At the end of this, it'll show Jupiter. So okay. Yes. They also mentioned later that only this stuff could have happened at Jupiter for y- yes. some reason. But this shows it's at Jupiter, and then later they're like, this must have happened at Jupiter. So it's double confirmation. They find a dead body in space. It does that cool floating thing. When it's, it's, I, I like how the guy is like, who is this? And other dude is like, why the hell do you think I know? And then they see Dark Harrow. And they're like, wait, is this a pet robot? And they're like, no, it is the most valuable treasure. Information. <laughs> I'm not sure why they immediately thought this was an information thing. It looks like a children's toy. It, it does. Presumably this guy's familiar with Haros. Because like, one of them says this looks like a children's toy. And he's like, no, it is a USB. You don't know what those are because we haven't used them in a hundred years. <laughs> it's like, well, you have to begin analysis. And then we see a wrecked ship right outside of Jupiter. Hey, I, I forgot they actually do show you Jupiter. So the implication is that this is some sort of celestial being adjacent research base that was abandoned for reasons. That's not quite what it is, but I know what it is because I read on a wiki looking for something else, and I don't know if we find out exactly what this is in the series or not. That's fair. I mean, as long as that's close enough. Yeah, that is close enough. I mean, they do kind of give you a deep... Well, I guess the main reason why they give you a decent enough appearance of like what it is is the fact that the Haro that was being used by Nina is there. Yeah. So clearly this has some relation to it. So my headcanon is that these people took that information, went and started a splinter faction of Celestial Bean because they had a lot of Celestial Bean's plans, but they're very out of date. And the two groups diverged, which is why we have Red Gundams and Green Gundams. I feel it's more on the side of things where, like, the reason why they diverged was they didn't have access to Veda. And on top of that, they didn't... uh, know the like the vetting process that they were using for the Gundam pilots. Is there one? <laughs> there must be. Somebody picked these pilots. Somebody picked these people to fly these Gundams. Yeah. We give the celestial being pilots a lot of shit, and rightfully so. They are way more sane than two thirds of the Trinities. <laughs> Johan took sanity at character creation and his siblings neglected too. <laughs> I assumed that he was secretly the biggest psychopath. Uh, also a possibility. Secret Psycho is my favorite Christmas game. <laughs> so we jump to the Ptolemaeus of apparently they've gotten all the Gundams up here yeah at some point I mean I guess they probably did when they're like hey we're gonna rendezvous with them in space we should probably have all our Gundams up here checks out but before they have made a big deal of transporting the Gundams to and from space well because they, they specifically mentioned that they can't just fly them into space so I would assume that the new Gundams have the same problem so how exactly did they all get back to space. Of course, there is also the question of how much time has actually occurred between I was going to say three weeks later is my explanation. We have no idea, really. So Sumeragi says, yeah, they're whatever those new Gundams are, they're different from the first and second generations of Gundam, which is our first hint that the Meisters are piloting the third generation, although we do know of at least one older Gundam. And the Gundams aren't in Veda's databank. Christina is, <laughs> do these do machines like that really exist? And it's like, well, lock-on, to be uh, fair, does give the expected response of, yeah, no shit. <laughs> Even Haro is not giving me shit about this. That's how you know I'm not lying. And Tiara is like, at the very least, they resemble Gundams. And we know of three. 
But they could have a secret fourth one, too. And it flashes to the other one. So it's basically kind of flashing through all three of the new ones. Yeah. And Alleluia points out that their solar reactors are different, but they still emit GM particles. So they must have had to use slightly off-kilter plans to develop the reactors for these three, as opposed to the ones that are in use by Celestial Being. Yep. And Lassie's like, so you were saved by those Gundams? We want to go over the entire last episode because people might have skipped it when they found out it was a clip episode. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, we still already got all of that information from last episode, if even after they skipped it because it was a clip episode. Like, th- that makes me think this happened, th- this was relatively recent. Yeah, because they're going over the details of what happened. Yeah. So- it just strikes me as bad recap writing. Yeah. So Setsuna does not want to be part of this bad recap. I, I don't think that, I actually don't think that's the case. We think, will find out later he is on standby. Sumeragi has put him here. But we don't find that out until later, and they take the time to show us Setsuna grumping in his Gundam. Flashing back to Gundam and reaching out to the sky for the throne. Flashing back to the other, the last throne that we haven't gotten a preview of what it does yet. I mean, we've gotten a view. We saw it stealth field. So... Lockon's like, they at least know our lingo, because one of them told me they were Gundam Meisters. And they gave us this rendezvous coordinate. And Lichty is like, yeah, maybe everybody is happy with us, and they just want to say hi to their senpais. And Lassie, <laughs> much more intelligently, says, is this, is this a trap, you think? Actually, it's Christina who's like, is this a trap? And Lassie's like, you know, why wouldn't they just leave us to die or murder us while we were being pinned down in the desert if it was a trap? But Sumerali's like, well, we won't know until we meet them. So let's go greet these new Gundam Meisters. I could have sworn they mentioned that there were only five engines in here somewhere. They do it at some point. It might not be this episode. So we see there, I I thought it was this episode. So we see that the uh, Trinities have a similar ship to the Ptolemaeus, but it actually looks unfinished. Because it doesn't have like the back half of the Ptolemaeus. I was wondering if it was intentionally that way. I was also wondering if the three things it has are launching pods or not. I figured they work the same way as the Ptolemaeus. So we cut into the Trinity ship where the Haro is like, we are being scanned. Are you cool with that? Did you consent? (laughs) (laughs) Although, also with this one, we we don't see them having any like support. So when they're not on board this ship, no one is on here. It's just kind of floating around out here. I love their Batman 66-ass sliding chairs. <laughs> Just, like, have tracks to, like, working mode, chilling mode. <laughs> so Felt's like, yep, they're definitely giving off GN particles, and I am detecting four drives. Okay, so this was th- this was it. And Holly was like, how on earth would they get solar reactors? But Lockon's like, we have more important things. One's coming. And we see that those things do seem to be the same launch pods that... The Le- Ptolemaeus has. Less uh, enclosed, though. And Johan's just coming in. He did not want his siblings in the cockpit, though, so he's taking them in his hands. <laughs> his <laughs> Gundam's hands. I mean, depending on how the cockpits are set up, having multiple people in there might throw the thing off. Hard to say. So Johan requests permission to come aboard. And Sumeragi's like, aye, aye. And, also, uh, go ahead and cancel Setsuna's standby and send him to the briefing room. It was weird. Uh, Chrissy? Christina? Christina. Uh, called it the Ptolemy. Yeah, she, they, she and Felt call it that. Weird. I don't know if it's an affectionate nickname or if they just mispronounce it and are like, we're going with it. <laughs> but that is not the first time they've called it that. So Sumeragi and three of her boys are just waiting in the hallway for these people to show up. As the uh, 
Harl was flying around them as so Gundam is exercising its right to decide however the hell gravity works whenever the fuck it wants. Haros also have solar reactors, so they can just kind of zoom around. However, Haros are free of sin and not weighed down by Earth's gravity. (laughs) They are affected by other bodies' gravity, but not Earth's. (laughs) So Johan's like, "My name's Johan. I'm the cool one." And Michael's like, "I'm Michael. I am the psycho one." I'm the crazy one. I'm Nana's like, I'm Nana. I'm the hot one. I got a, I'm a redhead, so winky face. <laughs> I was going to say if they are actual siblings, the fact that they all three have different hair colors, uh, which were. Mom or dad might need to ask some pretty pointed questions. Yeah, unless Michael over there is dyeing his hair blue. Not only that, they all have three different eye colors. And skin colors, actually, now that I look at it. <laughs> okay, well, Johan being, I, I could explain Johan being tan is just him being tan. That's fair. I was going to say, also, Johan and Michael have the same, like, under-eye mole. And Johan says, we are, in fact, true siblings. And Nana's like, hey, which one of you is the Exeus pilot? Is it you, Mr. Beautiful? And Tiara's like, no. like, God, no. <laughs> Setson is like, yo, it's me. I'm in this I, meeting I'm now. I'm supposed to go to the briefing room, but apparently I just wanted to come by here and chill with you guys. And Nana's like, oh, man, I heard you're a crazy person who opened their cockpit once. I am so into crazy boys. So she jumps on Setsuna and kisses him full on the lips. And Setsuna's like, no touchy. (laughs) He immediately pulls back and kicks her away. Pushes her away and he's like, don't touch me. Which is exactly his reaction to his Gundam trying to get (laughs) de-handed. This sets off Michael who pulls a vibroblade. (laughs) It's like a switch vibroblade and everybody else is like, dude. Like, your sister totally just non-consensually kissed our guy. And he's like, do not be such a prude. My sister is perfect. And Nana has the most shitting grin. And she slowly floats, floats back, back to the others. Like I said, I don't think Nina's crazy. I think Nina knows exactly what she's doing. I, and she is like, mission accomplished. Johan is like looking at Michael out of the corner of his eye. But for whatever <laughs> reason, I'm getting the like ex- impression that he's got one eye on one sibling and the other <laughs> eye is on the other sibling, like chameleon style. Michael's like, I'm going to catch you if you don't call my sister hot and kiss her back. <laughs> and Haro, a beautiful assault well, angel, is like, do it, do it. Johan <laughs> is like, dude, chill out. And the Haro's like, no, do it. So Lockon's Haro flies in and is like, hey, big brother. Hey, big brother. And so they have a uh, reunion. But the purple evil Haro <laughs> is just actually how I usually react to strange people who ask who I, you know, come up and greet me because I've probably forgotten their name. Okay, p- please give us your best horror impression saying that line, Zach. <laughs> who the hell are you? Who the hell are you? <laughs> Do you then headbutt them like this horror does? Uh, only on occasion. So there are two comments on the Crunchyroll episode for this I saw that I want to bring up. The first is Haro on Haro violence is never the answer. <laughs> so Orange Haro is like... Lock-on's expression as the Orange Haro bounces off. So does this mean this Orange Haro is also over 80 years old? It has to be at least 86 if it takes six years to get out to Jupiter. I was actually more reading that as this could be a newer generation of Haro that just has all the information from previous generations of Haro. That makes sense because he calls him Big Brother. Yeah, Yeah. I I think that's the case. And he's like, Big Brother, you lost your memories. Again, Nana is very happy about this situation. She has this like stare of like, I am going to look into your soul as it flashes over everybody's reaction to the Haro bouncing down the corridor. Sumeragi's like, well, that happened. Why don't we go to the briefing room to have a conversation? <laughs> That's where Setsuno was supposed to be. Johan's like, sounds reasonable. Sumeragi had a very like polite expression on her face, <laughs> and then like 
as soon as she turns around, she goes into like super serious mode. I love the glare Michael gives to uh, Setsuna as they go by. They just animate him like a thug from a high school delinquent anime. Yes. Um, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, I love that we see Setsuna watching the three pass. Johan is very professional and fine. Michael gives that glare and Nana winky faces him. <laughs> With the whole like V over the closed eye thing. Yeah. So Tiaria comes up and is like, you know, for the first time, I agree with you, Setsuna. <laughs> they suck. <laughs> and Setsuna's like, what? And Tiaria's like, I don't need you to say anything to know how you're feeling. Also, it's obvious those guys suck. <laughs> Even I know those guys suck. And they're being watched on a security camera by Christina and, L- and uh, Lassie. And Christina's like, man, I don't like that girl. And so Lassie's like, ah, you have a thing for Setsuna? And she's like, no. Well, yes, but that's not why. Clearly, he's not into her. She's no threat. (laughs) It's more of I'm afraid that she's going to jump Alleluia's bones next. I do like that Felt is like, mom and dad never told me stories about Gundams like these back in the old days. Well, I mean, she did say that she, her parents were... Uh, associated with Celestial Being beforehand, and they died with something to do with the previous generation of Gundams. I feel like we need to come up with a term for people who are in Celestial Being. Um, celestial Beings. Uh, I was going to say Beaners. Um. <laughs> I think it's Beings. Yep. Like, that's just the, that is the title for people who are in Celestial Being, is Beings. Just beings. <laughs> so Simuragi asks the new druggies why they have Gundams in their possession. And, and why, why they are not in beta, beta state. databanks. And no one's like, classified. And Michael's like, oh, it's too bad. We can't tell you. I definitely want to. <laughs> and so Lockon's like, so where did you get your solar reactors? Or rather, your GN drives? And like, sorry, can't answer that either. And so TR's like, if you're not going to answer our questions, why are you here? And Michael's like, to tell you you suck, basically. That's the only reason I came. You got We're... beaten up by antique mobile suits. Yeah, remember by a couple hundred antique mobile suits. And he's like, oh, for oh. over a period of multiple hours, remember, more yep. than a day. So Tiaria falls for the taunt, and Michael's like, I'm just joshing ya. And Tiara's like, I suddenly feel ill. Please excuse me. <laughs> Sorry, I'm allergic to bullshit, so I gotta get out of here. I do like that he's like, hey, make sure Veda gets a report so that I can read it. Cough, cough. And as soon as he leaves, Michael's like, oh, he's so pretty. I wish he was a girl. And Johan's like, enough, Michael. He can't even hear you taunting him. And then it's like, bored now. I'm going to explore the ship, okay? And Johan is at least like, is that all right? The answer is no. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they let her do this. <laughs> because they have cameras everywhere and they want to see what she does is the only, like, no prize answer I can think of. Or Sumeragi also doesn't want to deal with her. <laughs> I mean, this is a ship that's entirely, like, super classified and they ain't telling you shit. So the answer is no, not without an escort. So Nana's like, yeah, I could go for an escort. You want to come show me some cool closets, Setsuna? (laughs) And Setsuna's like, no. He doesn't say no. He just ignores her until she goes up in uh, angry glare, uh, you know, two-faced him. Yeah, she's like, you better not piss me off. Anyway, winky face. (laughs) Neon. I feel like Johan and Michael missed the memo on the Meisters here. Everybody has to have their own color because they're both in gray. But Nana is all about that memo. She's like, no, there are no other girls pink. Yes, reddish pink, so I can be a little char, but mostly pink. <laughs> so Sumeragi's like, well, at least will you tell me what you're going to do with those Gundams? And Johan's like, end war, obviously. That's what Gundams are for. We're all on the same team here. He's got this super smug expression on his face, too. I think he just has smug 
uh, resting smug face, really. <laughs> and I, th- I feel like Lock-On knows the answer to the question he asks him, so you're going to join forces with us? And besides, he also kind of gives off that vibe of, please say no. <laughs> Michael's like, yeah, you guys suck, so we're it's now our job to do all the intervening. I like how his, like, touchy-feely interventions, you know, all those mass murders you committed, touchy-feely mass murders. Also, you're a defective, rebuilt human being, hallelujah. You want to fight me about it? Johan is like, please do not antagonize the one people who are sort of our friends. You know, I feel like if you start a fight here, you're outnumbered. They have four Gundams. You have one in a best-case scenario where you get to it. And he's like, I'm sorry to say that it looks like whoever's giving us our orders are starting to have doubts about you. You keep doing your thing, and we're going to do ours. And then we'll double-end war. So Sumeragi asks the whole, like, are you guys associated with the uh, the whole Aeolia Asho- Shenberg's plan? And Johan's like, eh, I'm not telling you that. He, he says, wait and see, which is, like, the most suspicious possible answer he could give there. <laughs> so Tiaria's like, who gave these assholes Gundams? I was supposed to be the highest asshole Gundam. On, like, the back of my action figure, where it shows my stats, my asshole is maxed out. How did these <laughs> assholes get Gundams? As he goes to the Veda tournament and all, which somehow Nana has beat him to, even though he left first. He had to stop at the bathroom. Yeah, he hit the can. He was actually feeling ill and had to go take care of that. Well, he he went and grabbed a bite to eat in the cafeteria, then had to use the can. So Nana's chilling out in inside Tiaria's computer. It's a huge invasion of privacy. Better not have checked on my folder labeled miscellaneous. Oh, I was going to say you left your browser open, but... <laughs> Do you think Tiaria looks at porn? I imagine he gets off to something incomprehensible. <laughs> I feel like disciplinary reports are what does yeah, it for in- him. Incomprehensible. <laughs> so it's like, I just wandered in. And Tiara's like, who the hell are you guys? And she's like... She just smiles. She's like, that's a secret, winky face. Time for no eye catch. Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening. In lieu of my normal mid-spot this week, Jeremy put together a fun trailer for the first episode of the Modica Magica movie review that we did over on our Patreon. So, that's going to be playing as soon as I'm done talking. If you have absolutely no interest in that, then the normal episode resumes at the 26-minute mark. And if you're asking, what does Madoka have anything to do with the content you normally do? I think I hate this movie. God damn it, Cubey. It's beautifully animated. As I think in many ways, Madoka is the opposite character of Shinji Ikari. Shinji is always like, I don't want to pilot the robot, Dad. And they're like, get in the Ava right now, son. Whereas Madoka is like, oh, man, I think I could be good at piloting this robot. And maybe I could save some people. And I think maybe what I want to do with my life is pilot a robot. And everyone's like, do not get in the f- robot, Madoka. <laughs> we should specify her name is Mommy. M-A-M-I. We just have to make it clear that that's her name. And we're not making a joke since we do that I mean, lot. I'd call her Mommy. By the way, this series has a lot to answer for. It has very many dead magical girls that are lying at its feet. I was too stunned by how giant all of the rooms are in Japan. Monica's family is loaded. Do not take Faustian bargains from the talking creepy demon rat! 
in two weeks, a witch called Walsh Pergusnacht is coming. That sounds pretty final boss to me. Don't know about you. Well, I just had a thought of Igor and, and Kyube kind of have the same thing of I grant you powers, but yeah. they're for different purposes. Yes. Kyube is, here, have powers because I want to see you blow your balls off. <laughs> Igor is like, here, I think you can kill God. <laughs> okay, I think I just pieced some things together. I love beating up crippled rich boys. It's very easy. It's like feel. Yeah, so the problem is we're all Monica's mom. I don't believe that scene actually exists because from what I have been able to tell, Homura is physically incapable of smiling. I see. I Lelouch deduced <laughs> that you must have time manipulation powers. And Kyobi's like, you have activated my trap. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you, crippled child. These two are filling the classic trope of Red Oni and also Red Oni. I think this writing in this show might be good. Water droplets freeze. just becomes full of hole, like just Swiss cheese. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's beautiful. Boop. That's the kind of low blow only somebody who's known you for most of your life can aim at. And he's like, oh, I'm not welcome in the home of the person who's been trying to murder me every chance she gets. <laughs> I don't think this series has a happy ending. I would argue it does. There are people I'd have to argue. Everyone dies eventually. It's better to burn out than fade away. Don't lose your head over it. And there they go. They just told us fuck all and left. But Christina's like, yeah, but that Johan guy's hot. Look at this. I got a selfie with him at some point. Like he's like, when the hell did you do that? And she's like, Photoshop. <laughs> so Lockhorn's like, are you sure we should have just let him go? We didn't get anything out of him. And Sumeragi's like, I had one trap card. Which was, go send my engineer to look at their Gundam while we <laughs> distracted them. So Ian Vashi's like, yo. I looked at their Gundam. It's a Gundam. I love how Sumeragi looks kind of sheepish at this. Like, yes, I was playing, you know, both sides during this whole thing. And she's like, hey, remember to submit your report to an isolated terminal and do not put it into Veda. So Ian, like, goes wide for a second before, like, yeah, that makes sense. I think Sumeragi saw that uh, Nana accessed it, so it was like, keep everything out of that terminal because they can probably now get in. Or they could already get in, possibly. Or I love the scene of uh, Haro staring wistfully out of the window at Dark Haro. So Michael is now jealous of his sister making out with Setna. That's not <laughs> so weird. It, she, she said it was love at first sight. And again, I think she is just saying this because she knows she exactly how Michael will react. Because she wants to see what what he'll do. Yeah. yeah anyway, Dark Haro is like, it is mission time. Suit up. Suit up. So Johan gives a uh, banal one-liner about how they have to show that Celestial Being is deadly serious, as if the body count of current Celestial Being has not been particularly high. 
Cut to Alejandro Corner, who is like, thank you for this crucial information, Ribbons. And we see him put a folder on his table labeled crucial information. <laughs> He's like, I thank God every day I met you. And Ribbon's like, no, this crucial information is the real reason you picked me up, right? And he's like, no, our encounter was destiny. Gundam Seed Destiny. Also me becoming an observer. That was also Gundam Seed Destiny. <laughs> and so Ribbon's like, what are you going to do with the uh, the world? And Alejandro Corner was like, dude, all I like to do is watch, not manage. That's also- why I'm in the UN. Yeah. <laughs> Cut to Luis and Saji who have finished exams. Yay. It doesn't matter how they did. It was fine. So Saji's like, so what do you want to do on summer break, Louise? Presumably it's like spring break because they're in Japan, but break. And she's like, sorry, I'm going back to Spain to visit my mom because I miss her. I probably should have told you that before. Also, my cousin's getting married. Yeah, I, I probably should have told you this before vacation starting. <laughs> no, it, the thing is, it was a spontaneous wedding. She didn't know about it beforehand. And so Saji's like, well, have a good time then in Spain, I guess. And Louise goes, don't cheat on me. <laughs> which I love as like just a little character moment of like, cause Saji would never, and she knows Saji would never, but I love that she's just insecure enough that she feels she has to say it. <laughs> yeah. Like I, she does have that vibe here of like, she, she feels she has to mention it, even though she knows Saji would never do that. I love like kind of snide Louise face there. It was pretty good. What are Saji and Louise doing here? In this show? Yes. On that bench? In in this show. <laughs> I still feel like they're supposed to be kind of our layman look. The average person. The problem is, at the time being, the average person hasn't had anything go on around them. But they have to put them in every episode, kind of like the cat from Trigun. <laughs> because of the fact that if they don't, then people will forget about them when they actually are needed to like kind of show what's going on in the world around them. Besides, if Saji wasn't in this epi- or in this show, who would be Setsuna's next door neighbor? No one. And Mr. I think Rogers. That- <laughs> <laughs> well, howdy, neighbor. Well, Did your intervention go good? <laughs> I hope you end all war soon. <laughs> I may do some peanut brittle. So we see uh, Kinue like crashing on a sofa, and I believe this is Kohai, is who we've named this as. I'm not sure if it's him, but I'm willing to accept it is. Where he's like, hey, did you hear that the three blocks just released a statement? About how 87 of their mobile suits were heavily damaged and 200 people were killed? How did 200 people die in this operation? Like, no (laughs) bases were attacked. And uh, 87 mobile suits were at least heavily damaged. And we know at least one pilot survived. And all of the mobile suits that we were presented with beforehand are uh, single-seaters. So were there, like, helicopters that Celestial being shot down at some point in the middle of the mission? Did a bunch of people do the honorable thing after they failed? Well, there was that uh thing where they sought the terrorists from attacking the base. So maybe they're included. Like, that's some people, right? True. Um, yeah, but this was this was a press release from the government. I don't think they would list terrorist, terrorist casualties in this. Uh, it's actually uh, someone tripped over a domino uh, pile leading up to a nuke. Search and rescue. A bunch of people died during search and rescue. Is that when they were typing up the system, like typing up the message, somebody added an extra zero. (laughs) So 87 mobile suits were were damaged or destroyed and 20 people died. But then they're like, you know what? 200 sounds more dramatic. So let's just leave it. It does. And so Kohai's like, yeah, according to testimony from one soldier on the scene, there were new Gundams that appeared in the battle. And Kinoi's like, what new Gundams? Who said this? Why? When? Tell me. Give me the info. I need the the deets. The guy's like, well, I mean, it's unconfirmed, but they've got aces. It's like, do you know the soldier's name? 
And he's like, well, this was just a rumor, but Mr. Ikeda was telling me about it. He's like, she's like, make an appointment right now. And he's like, sure. (laughs) I'm confused as to why this matters to you to follow this unconfirmed rumor. Because she's run out of leads on Mr. Schenberg. So we cut to Graham Aker's managerial meeting where he is not exactly dressing down his subordinates, but that's like the vibe of his words. Where he's like, ah, we failed our mission and let three skilled flag fighters die. I'm a failure as a squadron it, commander. Honestly, this feels kind of like a uh, more of a pity party for Graham than he's dressing people down. True. But Howard's like, you couldn't have known there were more Gundams. And Daryl's like, yeah, and our machines are too badly outmatched. If only we had something as good as a Gundam. But Howard's like, hey, the flag is great, and I love my flag. <laughs> I mean, but Daryl's got a point like, yes, we we take our name, apparently, from the flag. But let's face facts. We didn't go in and say, yes, we have this M3 Stewart. This thing is perfect. No, we realized it was a piece of shit and built a better tank. But Howard is like, Daryl, we're called flag fighters. Show some pride in that. <laughs> Wave like, your okay, flag. I, I don't want to raise I, your flag. I, I'm okay. I, I'm okay with showing pride, but we still need a better machine. Like that's kind of just a thing we need to do. We can call it Flag Two if it makes you happy. <laughs> so Graham gets a call on his cell phone, and he finds out there are unknown machines entering the atmosphere and headed and straight going, for their base. Yeah, straight for their home base, Union America, M Swad <laughs> base. <laughs> Which is, like, what the hell is this, like, central tower and then two offshooting pillars? Like, what the <laughs> hell is this architecture? This uh, looks it's like an architect- architecture. Yeah. <laughs> this is an architect's final. <laughs> so we cut down to Daniel Eifman. Remember him? He's a scienceman. In his office with one bookshelf full of what looks like books and the other one full of what looks like report binders. Yeah, well, they're probably his work. Yep. I was going to say, I also like a stained glass window. He also has, like, one satellite probe <laughs> statue that's his art yeah <laughs> it, it really brings the room together <laughs> so he's like if my theory is correct and the gundams are energized using topological defects science technobabble everything would fall into place it makes perfect sense it explains the small number of gundams and why they took 200 years to build them they probably needed jupiter for some reason yeah they could only make this in a jovian environment that means jupiter for you in the cheap seats and then he's like, wait, 120 years ago, there was that mission to Jupiter. Was that project related to Gundam development? That would make sense. If that's the case, Alias Shenberg's true goal isn't the eradication of war. How does this follow? <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, this doesn't, like, point A and point B here, I, I feel like you're missing, you're not at point B, you're jumping straight from A to Z. You've got a few points to make in between these two. I think that's intentional, because we, the audience, aren't supposed to know. So I think he knows what C through Y are, and he's about to reveal it or be murdered before he can. Also, he's supposed to be a genius, so he's making some logical leaps. And we, I've already seen that he's the closest person to figuring out what the Gundam's deal is, at least of characters we've seen. But so then his, his computer, computer goes blue. And he's like, blue screen of death? We got rid of Windows years ago. <laughs> Only I, an old man, would remember it. And then it comes up with the message of you witnessed too much. Which, like... <laughs> good dramatic timing. Good dramatic timing, but at the same time, like, I don't know that he's witnessed anything. You know too much would make more sense. But witnessed, fi- like, he has literally not seen any of this. English is different in 200 years, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little sad that this message doesn't end with Haro, Haro. Who sent this message? Are we thinking Evil Haro? That makes sense. But Someone on the Trinity team. For, for sure, sure. For sure. 
Uh, but second question, I think, why send this message? Just, just gives him warning, I feel I, like. I feel like it's not someone on the Trinity team. It's the Trinity team's handler. I think that would count as the Trinity team. But yeah, that's certainly a possibility I consider. Well, I, I was more of saying that it specifically it wasn't any of the three pilots. Yeah, I don't know if they know they have been sent to kill this man. I think they do. I, they I think might. they specifically know they are meant to kill this man because they target this building. That could they, be. They exactly target this building. But also, if the handler knows he's here, they could have just said target this building. Like, I, they are here to kill him, but I don't know if they know they're here to kill him. I think they actually do know that they're, they are specifically here to kill him. That, that is their second objective, not the secondary objective. That is just objective number two to clear the, the, the level. So anyway, the base has a general alert of, hey, some mobile suits, probably Gundams are coming to fuck us up. Get to shelters, I suppose, and scramble mobile suits. Meanwhile, Denny's like, why did I make my office near the top floor of this impractical tower? Billy is on the ground floor, and he runs out just in time to see the new Gundams. And Johan's like, all right, Nana, dock with my machine. We'll do our combo attack. And I also like that it just has like a particle gun that you can plug into the other Gundams to power up their weapons. It is a cool idea to me, even if I think the like handle that the Heinz <laughs> has is a little silly. And so Johan's like, all right, activating Limit Break Mega Death Cannon. Ivan is like, good heavens, am I the true target? Did they send a hacking? <laughs> seems a little ridiculous to me, because we've already seen this thing fire this gun without having to plug into anything. But not yeah. for so continuously. Yeah, but this is a, a big version. I mean, yeah, they, they shoot, but they, they do a lot of damage to a runway. <laughs> well, they slowly veer towards some munitions depots, and then that big tower. They do an Independence Day, basically. And Danny Eifman was never heard from again. <laughs> He did evaporate pretty good there. Yeah, because of the fact that they specifically track up that building, I think they know... Well, I think they were told target that building, but I don't know that they were told because there's an old man there we need to kill. <laughs> but it could be either way. So like, all right, mission accomplished. And Michael's like, yeah, that was awesome. I didn't do anything, but it was wicked cool. And here come people to fight them back. And Michael's like, oh boy, I want to bully some shitty mobile suits, especially after I talked shit about them on the Ptolemaeus. <laughs> And this is Graham's squad, because of course it is. And Graham's like, oh, they wiped out our base. And Billy calls him. He's like, oh, I'm hurt. But the professor, he's dead. And Graham is like, I need to get revenge on these Gundam. My patience is at an end. Terrorist, your day is through, because now you have to answer to Graham Aker. <laughs> and Johan's like, yeah, let's leave. But Michael's like, but Johan, I, I want to fight. S'mores. Yeah, I want to <laughs> fight some assholes. Relax, I'm just going to smash you and destroy you and wipe you out. So he deploys his fang funnels, which Graham has not seen, but manages to dodge and get a hit in on it. But it doesn't do anything because it's a Gundam. All the flags are actually doing what they were doing to other pilots previously. Like, he can't track them. They're just making a mockery out of his Gundam right now. And I think this is interesting and good to establish that these three new pilots are just as bad as the old ones we have. <laughs> or at least Michael is. So and, I mean, the only one he gets originally is the one that literally just tries Graham's tackle move. Yeah, so Howard is like, you know what? This has gone well for every flag fighter who has done it. I'm going to ram into him. I I'm going to attack him with my beam sword thing here. Despite the fact that <laughs> our aircraft mobile suit strength is not in a straight up fight with these things, but using its mobility... Yeah, but I have pride in my flag, and my shonen pride will defeat him. <laughs> Everyone knows shonen pride is much more useful in melee than and ranged fights. I, I actually kind of like how he says, you know, I, I'm in trouble if he keeps this up, but uh, he's got the 
funnels that kill Howard. They and open uh, he up gets to a kill full him. name from Graham before he dies. He's like, Howard Mason, do not die on me. And he's like, Commander, I have pride in the flag. I hope that doesn't get you a complex about using flags. <laughs> and he explodes. <laughs> and so Michael's like, pretty cool, huh? And Johan's like, come on. That was unnecessary, and we are leaving. We have more missions. Gundam Meisters are busy, after all. So... Daryl wants to pursue, but Graham smartly orders them not to, despite being a hot-headed shonen man. He is like, no, <laughs> despite we can't. being a Virgo. Well, yes. I mean, we, we've, we've already seen him be fairly intelligent. Yes. So, but this is the moment where the character acts on emotion rather than intellect, right? But he restrains himself and goes, "Let's not follow them without a plan. We have to avenge the professor and Howard." Gundams, please quit murdering people. He, I like. He doesn't seem quite as uh, infatuated with the Gundams anymore. Cut to the Ptolemaeus, where the Gundam boys and mom are like, they attacked an American military base. Why? Veda didn't say, hey, attack an American military base. Tiara is like, they just do what they want, not like us. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they, they submit do mission kind of plans first. Th- these, the celestial being pilots seem more like they are under an organization. Like, they are following orders when they make their attacks and whatnot. So. Like, there's an organizational structure, whereas these guys seem like they're just kind of, look, I have Gundam and I can do what I want with it. So Setsun is like, they say they're Gundam Meisters, but are they Gundam Meisters? What is a Gundam Meister? Are they human or are they Meister? Cut to the airport, where Saji's like, hey, take care, Luis. Say hi to your mom. And I guess your dad, he's alive, right? And Luis is like, don't talk about that stuff. Kiss me goodbye. (laughs) Like, she keeps insisting and Saji can't do it. Do we read this as they have not kissed or as Saji will not do it in public because he is a nice Japanese boy? I, think I feel that. like I, yeah. I get the feeling that he's just yeah, okay. super awkward about doing it in public. I agree. Saji even goes like, I can't do it. And she's like, man, you worry too much about that stuff, Saji. But I kind of like that about you. So I will deal with no kiss. Also, it makes it way less likely for me to die before I see you again. So that's <laughs> nice. Avoid those doom flags. See you later. And then she leaves on a jet plane. And Saji, I guess, has some emotional attachment to Louise because he stares wistfully out at her plate as she leaves. I mean, for a couple of teenagers, they have a remarkably stable relationship, right? Yeah. They have some kinks to work out, but they seem to be genuinely infatuated with each other and are good for each other. Nothing could possibly go wrong. (laughs) And we end on that. On Fade to White, nothing could possibly go wrong. (laughs) So what do you guys think of this episode, Tyler? Not much, actually. I was very neutral on it. I don't know, like, it wasn't super cool to see the new suits in action because most of them are just like, we're destroying static targets. Well, and it's um, kind of going back to the early part of the series where it was like, look, the Gundams are super overpowering. Look how cool they are. But you kind of already showed us that last episode when they showed up to save the Gundam Meisters. You didn't need to do that again. I don't know if it was just really not liking the previous ones, but I loved watching this episode. I don't know if it was that or if this is a bunch of stuff I remember, like Nana kissing Setsuna for no reason and (laughs) just being a manipulative bitch and Johan trying to stab a motherfucker. And I'm like, oh, man, all that happens in... You're right, Michael. Johan is chill. Johan does have that uh, marijuana prescription that (laughs) Hallelujah needs. But Tyler, you often bring up the quote about assholes in fiction. And I don't put a lot of stock in that, but I love these assholes, the curveball they're throwing into this series. I like that. I just, I want to see them at odds with the existing cast a little bit more. And we didn't get a ton of that this episode. Personally, like, I actually don't like these characters' introduction here, mostly because they feel super generic to me. I've, I've seen this done. 
They're certainly a group of druggies, but I think they're kind of the druggies with the most personality of the three groups we've had so far. Stella's group should have the most, but they're kind of lacking in it. I think it's mostly that Nana carries it. I love her particular brand of crazy and how planned it seems. I actually like Johan as a straight man to it because I feel like he is more the straight man of any of the druggy groups we've had so far. It's it's just one of those things where it's like, basically, here, look, these exist, and it kind of feels like it's trying to take away from our present antagonists. Like, here, look, these guys can actually match the Meisters on a, on a level playing field with technology, and make no mistake, they are going to be squaring off against each other. They even showed it in, our, in the opening. But... I don't care about these characters. Like, you've done, you, you need to spend even more time with the original Meisters to make me care even more about them because you haven't really been doing your homework on that for a good chunk of time. Who do you say the original antagonists are? The original antagonists are all of our original Shars. So, Soma, Soma and Sierra, Sergei, Graham, Patrick Hollisar, and uh, Alia Sachez. Yeah, Sachez is the only one of those I would throw in the antagonist bucket. Well, they, they are antagonistic towards the Gundams who are yes. our protagonists. That's why they are the antagonists. Yeah, arguably, if we flip, like, the flip, or script should be flipped on this. The Gundamisers are really the antagonists of the world story, as far as <laughs> but, we're concerned. Yes, they are. It's just right now, like, they are our viewpoint, so they are our protagonists. Exactly, yes. I think all of the druggies have strong, we need to sell more toys energy. They all are <laughs> like, oh, we need to sell more model kits when we're out of characters, so I guess let's have some crazy people and give them some evil Gundams. I won't argue with you there, but this is my favorite set of them so far, and I love the building antagonism we have so far. They even pushed Tiaria and Setsun to agree on something. <laughs> Do you have a high point, Tyler? I think it's actually specifically going to be uh, Nena in the Veda chamber. That is a really interesting piece of information since like, we've only seen Tiaria in there. Zach? I think I might have to actually go with uh, Nana kissing Setsuna and his immediate reaction to it. Like he does Also it, pretty good. It's not even like, oh, he's, he does the startled thing, so he's, you know sticks for a bit he immediately pushes her away yeah that's really good that's what i was gonna go with but you took it so it's gonna be uh michael immediately pulling a knife and be like my sister's not good enough for you i will cut you (laughs) i'll do it and haro being like do it do it (laughs) do you have a low point tyler i think it's gonna be howard mason's stupid sacrifice (laughs) that was a dumb move my dude that's my favorite T.S. Eliot novel, Howard Mason's Stupid Sacrifice. <laughs> that, that was actually going to be mine, too. But since you took that one, I think I might have to just go with, like, you know, they show up and it's like, all right, so we, no one is, we're, we're here talking, but no one is talking. Like, it's just, no, uh, huh, I have to think about this a little bit more, Jeremy. You can go ahead. Uh, mine is going to be Tiaria getting to Veda after Nana. There are plenty of explanations for it. He didn't go straight there. It just feels really narratively weird that he leaves first and arrives second. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's that's actually going to be mine. Like, Nana is like, oh, yeah, I'll go look around your highly, you know, classified ship with, and no one is going to go with her as a watchdog. Like She even not, invites not, somebody to. Well, Setsuno <laughs> would be the wrong choice anyway. Like, Alleluia. Or Lock-On, who are both present at the time. Or even Haro. <laughs> or even Lichty and Lassie. Well, Lassie maybe, not Lichty. <laughs> Do you have an MVP, Tyler? I think it's Nana, actually. Again. Zach? I think it's got to be Nana. She drives pretty much every aspect of this episode. Yeah, it's absolutely Nana. It's unanimous. Thanks. Anything <laughs> else you want to say about this episode to wash that out of our mouth? If not, it's a Gundam will return in The Aim of Evil Intents. 
Oh no, Luis has a headband. Don't know ya. Don't know ya. Huh?